We have really fancy music, Tom. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, season two, episode five of Better Than Broadway is in your living room. Coach Rob coming to you with a dear friend, Chicago's own, not CM Punk. No, this is better than CM Punk. We've got Coach Tom Stroka here. Make some noise, everybody. All the noise, all the noise, all the noise. All the noise. All the Tom, noise. it is. I feel, I feel like I got a mediocre pop there. That's okay. That's all right. Tom, it is great to have you on the podcast, buddy. We've been friends a long time, and uh, actually, uh, it's interesting because we know each other through weightlifting, and Justin, who is uh, another one of our hosts who will probably be on a little bit later, um, he knows you through uh, garage games and wrestling and things like that, and, and weightlifting, too. So, I mean, it's interesting, it's interesting well, like, how came, our little group, he came to- our people know the group. Well, like, I had no clue, <clears throat> excuse me, I had no clue you uh, were a wrestling fan when I first met you. Like, I had seen you at weightlifting meets, we were talking, stuff like that. Uh, and then Justin was actually the one that kind of, like, told me about, because he had a separate podcast way back in the day. And he, you know, through his uh, connections with John North and Muscle Driver, that's how I met him. And then on one of the podcasts, we just started talking about wrestling. And then he was like, you know who else is really big into wrestling? Rob. And I was like, I'm like I, I talk to Rob all the time. Like, I had no clue. And then we had that group chat going for like the longest time, which is still going. And here we are. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, anybody that weightlifting and wrestling. If you, those are your likes, I'm your guy. We yeah. can be friends. It's interesting, too. Yes, we can all be friends. It's interesting because our uh, our PPW, our chat group, is almost is going to be 10 years old next year do you realize that i know because well, so that's today crazy i was looking well, I, we have the instagram we have the instagram one that we started later but we had the facebook one first on messenger and i couldn't remember which one you guys messaged me on so i was like going through it and i saw that it was like group created in like 2013 or whatever 14 or whatever the group was created and i was just like holy crap like i was like that is yeah, and it's and it's not one of those group chats where it's just like every once in a while, we, like we throw something in there or whatever. I feel like almost every day something is going off in that chat talking about a wide variety of things involving wrestling and stuff like that. And it's kind of cool, honestly, uh, between that, this podcast and a couple other podcasts that I listen to, like that's how I've been staying up to date on what's going on with wrestling because I haven't honestly watched a ton of it just based on my schedule and everything like that. So it's been really nice to have yeah. all these things in, in my back pocket to be able to keep track of what's going on. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Well, uh, I love the fact that uh, that we're friends, and I love the fact that we have a way to communicate with each other uh, pretty pretty frequently, uh, if not daily. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, mean, I know we we both have had you know we both had an interesting year, um, but uh, we uh, we've yes. got we've got some great uh, we've got some yeah. I mean, I've been th- I've been thinking about you a lot, buddy. I mean, I hadn't hadn't talked to you a whole lot, but I, I knew I, we'd get this chance to chat. Oh no, you're good, man. I appreciate it a lot. I really do. Uh, like I said, having guys like you in my corner means a lot. <clears throat> I always hate it though, because like, well, you know how like it goes with weightlifting. It's like, with just our schedules are always all over the place when it comes to trying to figure out, you know, when you have a lifter going here, when you have a lifter going there. I think we've been owing each other a beer at a weightlifting meet for. I don't know, two years running now. Uh, usually you're leaving, you're leaving the meet as I'm getting to the meet and I'm usually there through the end or whatever. I, I get it because, you know, you've got your, you've got your business, you've got your daughter, you got all that, those responsibilities as well. So just, um, but it's always good to have folks in, in, in those different circles that like you relate to on a multitude of levels. Like, I mean, I've told you this multiple times. I'll, I'll say it on this podcast. I know it's not uh, per, uh, pertinent to the subject area here, but like, I love how you and your daughter interact. Uh, uh, that's just kind of the stuff like uh, that I think we need to see more of on social media versus a lot of the venom. And uh, so it's just the seeing stuff like that, knowing that there's good people that you can talk to and stuff like that about a wide variety of things. And then, then, then in the next minute, you know, you'll post you know something really you know awesome with Cubby and all that. And then you know two minutes later, I'll look in our group chat and we're talking shit about some wrestler who pulled some nonsense outside of the ring or whatever. So it's just it's a nice dynamic to have those kinds of like you know interactions and stuff like that. Sure, sure. Well, well, bro- well, brother, thank you, thank you so much for for the kind words. Um, I will definitely relay um 
your sentiments to, to the Cubster, um, who's uh, who's sitting it's on the couch, good. hanging out. So uh, nice. when we get off when we get off the pod today, I'll I'll bring her over so you can say hello. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, let's let's go ahead and get, get the show started. Let's go ahead and get the show started. Let's go. Um, whenever, whenever we have a guest host on, we always like to start the show with three or four uh, easy questions. Um, easy yeah. questions, I say. Uh, so let's let's go ahead and start with um, you know how did you how did you get into professional wrestling? What 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 age? What what kind of how how did your uh, love for the for the sports sports entertainment uh, come about? Sports entertainment, yeah, the wrestling. Uh, so honestly, it was funny enough. So my dad and his buddy, my dad and his buddies were really into it in like the eighties. Um, you know, the era of Hogan and Warrior and Savage and all that. And it was also at those time. I don't know if you uh, you probably remember, but some people might not. Those wrestling buddies um, the, that that they had that they came out with. Um, I was like a baby, and my dad bought me one of those. And he just would put it, you know, I was about, I think I was about a year old or something like that. My mom was telling me, and, you know, he would put it in my crib. He'd put it in my bed or whatever. I had no clue what this thing was. I think I had the ultimate warrior one because I just liked all the colors. And, uh, I, like, I just would carry that thing around with me, like, everywhere that I went. And then I had no clue what they were watching on TV. Again, this is all being told to me because I, obviously, I don't remember any of this. But, like, my dad and his buddies would watch, you know, the pay-per-views and stuff like that. And I would go get the little wrestling buddy who at the time was close relatively size-wise to me. And I would just start like beating the snot out of it in the living room <laughs> while my dad and his buddies are all watching wrestling and stuff like that. So they were getting, you know, the pay-per-view and then they were getting in-person entertainment as well. Um, and they were like, they were like, oh, do this, do this. Like, you know, having me do little like moves to this wrestling buddy kind of deal. And, you know, it's just as I grew up, like, I grew up on, like, those, the, the 80s and 90s, like, sports heroes, you know, like, um, I used to watch, like, old school reruns of the Superstars competitions. Um, yes. The old World's Strongest Man, like, in the 80s and stuff like that with Magnus Burr and, you know, Bill Kazmer and all those guys. Like, I used to watch all that stuff with my dad, and then wrestling was no different. Like, so, like, I just was fully entrenched in that, like, 80s, 90s, like, superstar athlete era um and just as i got older it was just like uh, we had my dad had all like the vhs's and i was and i was telling you guys about this i was cleaning out my mom's stuff a while back and he just had like a lot of them were damaged because they're you know 20 30 years old now some of them 50 or 40 years old depending on how early he got them but he just had stacks and stacks and stacks of those old wwf vhs's um you know he had uh, wrestlemania highlights um you know, uh, 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 Royal Rumble stuff, Survivor Series, all these different things. And like, I, like one of the Survivor Series tapes, I remember it was like when The Undertaker made his debut. You know, so it's just like all that stuff. Like I've been paying oh, attention like Survivor this entire time. One of my like, yeah, one of my earliest like recollections of watching a wrestling match was the Scott Hall and Shawn Michaels um, um, ladder match to unify the Intercontinental titles. Um, mm-hmm. I believe I, I know they had a ladder match for the yeah. kind of outside. I couldn't remember if they had two different titles or not, but at the time, but that was like one of like the first matches I have like a, a memory of watching. Um, and it was just like, yeah. I was hooked because there were, because, you know, growing up as a kid, I was a bigger kid. Um, like I, I'm the runt of the litter in my family. I've got three brothers and they're all bigger than I am. Um, and, and, and my, my cousin, my dad, my dad, my dad's side, he's got two brothers that are both bigger than him. One of his brothers has two sons. My two cousins are giants. So like, it was always cool for me as a kid to see guys and like wrestling in particular that were big, strong dudes that were doing all sorts of athletic stuff. And it just kind of helped me as a kid because, you know, I'd be playing sports and I'd stick out like a sore thumb. And, you know, I, I just figured because of my size, I couldn't do some of the things that these guys were doing. And so, you know, watching wrestling, you know, growing up as a kid, you'd see, you know, guys like Scott Hall and, you know, Triple H and Stone Cold and The Rock doing all sorts of like athletic stuff in the in the, in the the ring. And I was like, all right, like just as a kid, it was my escape. Um, I loved the Monday Night Wars. Um, I, we had a TV in our basement that I would sneak down to and go watch because I wasn't supposed to be watching wrestling. Um because I had gotten in trouble a couple times for power bombing relatives and stuff like that. But I would go down and say, I was going to go work on my homework downstairs. Cause it was quiet down there. And I would sit in the basement and I would flip back and forth between raw and, uh, 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 um, nitro because nitro started 
I believe Nitro start one of them started an hour earlier than the other. Um, right. And that was before Raw before Raw started going live. I believe Raw was recorded, and so it just gave me a chance to get as much wrestling in as possible. So from like six seven o'clock to like ten o'clock at night, I'm sitting down in my basement watching you know wrestling and stuff like that. And so yeah, I just it was just one of those deals. Like it just it was an escape for me as a kid, and then as an adult, you know, you hear the term all the time like it's a male soap opera, and it kind of is for us. Like I uh, up until. Like, I, I didn't really pay too much attention to it from, like, 2000, pretty much high school uh, to, uh, to the end of college. Like, 2005 to, like, 2009, there was a gap in there where I really didn't pay that much attention to it. And then I started paying more attention to it because I had a friend my senior year of college who got tickets to Money in the Bank when it was in Chicago. Um, and so that was the first, like, wrestling event that I went to was the Money in the Bank that was in Chicago. Um, and then that kind of just like reignited it all. And so I've been, you know, paying attention ever since and stuff like that. And it just, it's just nice to, when the story writing is good, I love it. Uh, when the story writing is bad, I just kind of pay attention to the athleticism of the guys and stuff like that. But it's just something I've always related to. Um, and I just, I appreciate those athletes and what they go through. And I've gotten to meet a few of them. Um, when I owned a CrossFit, uh, Becky Lynch dropped in to train with us and stuff like that. And she was super yeah. cool. I got to talk to her. I've got a picture. I've got a picture of her wearing. I posted it in the group, I believe. She brought the title with her, so she had one of our gym shirts on with the title and stuff. When she had the SmackDown title, she was just super cool, just kind of talking about their training and stuff like that, and like their schedule and stuff. It's like I just I feel like they're super relatable people. Uh, at the end of the day, I feel like the way it is, the, the way the industry is now, it can relate to all sorts of body types for kids, um, which I feel like we need yes. a lot more of. Um, instead of you have like your, and it's not a knock on other professional sports. It's just, there's particular body types that excel. Um, and I feel like in uh, uh, professional wrestling, whether it's, you know, the independent scene, whether it's AEW, NXT, whatever, uh, ring of honor, any of those different uh, uh, brands, like there's just a wide variety of athlete types and it just gives kids who might not feel one way or another about what they're doing, uh, uh, um, something to connect to. And if that keeps them out of trouble or if that gives them just a little bit of motivation to do something, like I'm all for it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I love, I love how you say, you know, I love how you say that about, about the kids because um, you work with a lot of kids. You, you are um, not not only, not only through strength agenda, your, your company, uh, but also uh, at school. And um, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me just, Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, so I, I started off teaching at a, a Catholic grade school in Elmhurst called Immaculate Conception uh, Catholic Prep. Um, and I, I was at that job for five, six years. I was the PE teacher for uh, pre-K all the way up through eighth grade. It was a dual campus school. They had a high school and then the grade school. I worked at the grade school. And then uh, 2018, I left that job and took a job at Jones College Prep, which is in Chicago Public School Systems. Um, as a training conditioning coach. And so I've been working with those kids, completely different demographic of kids, um, completely different skill sets required, obviously, based on what I was teaching. But it was just one of those deals where, like, I just enjoy um, like being around kids and just teaching them about health and fitness and stuff like that. Like, I, I had a really good PE teacher. And I, and I know people, you know, scoff at PE for the most part um, because, yeah. you know, roll the ball out and play dodgeball, which – I do love dodgeball. I have a howitzer of an arm and I have no issue uh, pegging a child, but I also love fitness. Uh, oh, we, we do at my high school that I'm at now, we do staff versus students. Um, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Like the, 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 cause at the high school, I only work, I only work mostly with juniors and seniors. So some of the students don't even know who I am. So like for the game, we had the game like two weeks ago. And so like when I came walking into the gymnasium, I heard a couple of audibles like what is going on right now? Um, and it was me and a bunch of the PE, it was me, a bunch of the PE staff, some of the baseball coaches, like it was, it was a good time. Um, but anyways, but like when I was at the grade school, I completely rewrote their curriculum and made it a fitness based curriculum. Um, we played like non-traditional games. Like I taught them how to play rugby. We did ultimate Frisbee. We did handball. Um, our handball and ultimate frisbee units were like featured in the news and stuff like that because these kids were like going nuts over it to the point where one of the local high schools started an ultimate frisbee team 
because a bunch of our kids had gone through our grade school and went to this high school and they they started a, a, a ultimate frisbee club i didn't know there was a league for it and the guy who ended up taking my spot at that school is now running um, uh, he's running an ultimate frisbee team at a local high school there. i just think it's awesome but so we would do that and then we would mix it in with like fitness stuff you know teaching them about you know general fitness uh, the different capacities of fitness, like aerobic fitness, uh, 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 strength training, you know, uh, cardiovascular health, stretching, mobility, all that stuff. And then uh, it was funny, though, because I had a uh, I had a, a four year gap at the school because I uh, was down in South Carolina and training at Muscle Driver and stuff like that. And when I came back, they, they, they reached out to me and were like, hey, are you interested in coming back? And coincidentally, I had just moved back. So when I came in to meet with the principal, she handed me the PE curriculum. She goes, this is what we've been running. Um, just let me know if you have any questions. And I started laughing and she was like, what's wrong? I was like, I wrote this. Like, this is my curriculum from the first time I was here. Yeah. Um, I was like, I said, it makes me, I was like, it makes me really happy that you guys are still using this. Um, and so like I did that, like with the fitness based stuff, because these kids play basketball, baseball, football, soccer, like year round. I wanted to introduce them to sure. a different sports and b teach them how to, you know, be healthy and, and, and fit outside of the, their sports and stuff. And then when I got to Jones, it's 100% strength and conditioning based. Um, and I actually modeled it after the class I took in high school. One of my uh, football coaches, um, he was a very fit individual. He worked out a lot. Like we had, a, we called it the dungeon where our weight room was. It was kind of like a um, below uh, ground level, but you could see like a little bit of it through the windows as you were walking into school every day. And, you know, 6 a.m., this teacher was in there. He was in there pumping iron. He was like an old school 80s, 90s guy. Looked like he should be, you know, uh, part of the Legion of Doom. And he'd be in there you know, every morning, six, six, seven a.m. before class started, just pumping iron and stuff like that. And it was just, it was cool because, like, when he said something, you're like, "Yeah, I believe you." Um, and so I kind of modeled my high school stuff after this. And so now I, I do strength and conditioning with my kids. Um, it's a 90 minute class. I run it like a college weight room. They come in. They've got their warm ups. Uh, they have their workout for the day, whether they're in season, uh, preseason, off season stuff. We test at the end of each quarter. Uh, we focus on the squat press uh, um, uh, and deadlift because I'm up on the sixth floor, so I can't teach them how to do snatches and cleans because we'll make too much noise for the math rooms that are downstairs. Um, and then the other thing that I try to do is teach them how to write their own programs because, like, my goal is like I want them to be able to navigate a gym. Uh, once they leave the high school and so like they their their like final project of the year is they got to write a four-week training program um and it's based on all the different methods like i teach them how to do i teach them about german volume training i teach them about conjugate i teach them about you know western periodization like i teach them all these different philosophies and stuff like that just so they have as much knowledge as possible and like i said I, I, it's nice now because i'm in my fourth year there and i've got kids that graduated two three years ago that they um they'll message me asking questions or they'll give me updates. Like I got a kid that's at Juilliard on a piano scholarship. He's this little like 160, 170 pound kid soaking wet. And he still runs the programs that I write from the first year. And like he, he deadlifts over 500 pounds now and stuff like that. So he'll, he'll send me a, a PR every once in a while and stuff. And it's just kind of cool to see that sort of deal. Um, and, and see those, you know, the kids like embracing fitness, not in a traditional, you know, like CrossFit, Orange Theory Fitness, like booty boot camp type. Uh, method. Man, it sounds to me like I want to take this class. Shit. <laughs> Just, I love, Come on I love down. Stuff Come on up. Hell yeah, yeah, let's go. Well, uh, yeah, and it, I, uh, so. Please. No, I didn't have anything. No. Okay, cool. So we're going to go, we're going to move into our second question. Moving into our second question. Who is your favorite wrestler? Doesn't matter if it's all time, now, current. Uh, who's your favorite wrestler? Let's, let's just go. Favorite wrestler. So, so it's a, it's a, this is a layered question. Up until recent events, I would have told you CM Punk. Um, I just loved his whole demeanor. Um, the reason I loved it, because then I started thinking about it, because I, you know, obviously he's got his issues with AEW. I've listened to a couple podcasts about what's really going on with him. Not a huge fan of how he's handling himself right now. Um, so I, he, he's kind of out of the mix for me. Like if I met him, I'd still be starstruck. I'd love to uh, talk to him and stuff like that. But as a wrestler, like, I'm just not a huge fan of how he's going about stuff. Um, MJF is somebody that I really like right now. Um, I love those guys that can just naturally generate heat with minimal effort. Like it comes effortlessly to them. 
So then I had to think about like why I like those guys. And I thought back to like the original of all of those guys for who he is, is Roddy Roddy Piper. Um, he's probably going to end up at the end of the day being one of my all time favorites. Um, not only because, you know, when I was a kid, I thought he dressed weird. So he stuck out with the kilt and everything like that. But just uh, uh, Piper's Pit was awesome. I, lo- I loved the Piper's Pit segments. I loved his runs in WCW. Like he was just like him and Dusty were two people that I, I will watch promos of theirs nonstop. Like they could just naturally feel the crowd on the fly talk. And Dusty wasn't as good as Piper at generating heat, but he still could. But Piper, man, like I feel like he could have walked into a room of like Baptists and just set them all off within like five minutes. Like it does not take much for him to get something <laughs> under somebody's skin. And I, and I loved it. I loved yeah. it because I was always like that sarcastic, you know, smart aleck growing up and stuff like that. And so I just, I just genuinely appreciate Roddy Roddy Piper. And I, and, and so now it's like anybody that is, that kind of follows that same suit, like a CM Punk, like an MJF. Like I, I, I love those <clears throat> kinds of characters that can just generate heat without even trying. Like it just comes like second nature to them. Yeah. So Roddy Roddy Piper is my all time favorite wrestler. That's awesome. You know, it's interesting. Still pissed, uh, when he, never I was got, doing re- still pissed he never got a run. Yeah, yeah, I agree, dude. I mean, he, he of all people, you know, you give him an Intercontinental title, it's like, okay. And then he got the tag titles with Ric Flair like yeah. 25 years later on, on, on like a Raw reunion show. But like the thing that kills me yeah. is that, you know, um, I, I had the, uh, I didn't, I was not a big Roddy Piper fan growing up. Um, but when I met yeah. him, when I was doing stuff with the Ring of Honor, um, I, I had the chance to kind of get to know him a little bit, and he yeah. was just—he was—he was just the best. I mean, he was such—he was so yeah. kind, and he was so patient, and he would sit there and he'd talk to the boys, and you know, he'd sit there and talk to us when we, we were nobodies. I mean, we were just—we were just road crew, we were just ring crew, and you know, he took the time to you know, take care of us, and, and and I got to work with him, you know, one day when we were in Nashville, and he just said, hey. You know, I said, hey, do you need anything before you're signing? Does this? He says, I'd love a Diet Coke if I could get one. It's real quiet. Not not like, get me a Diet Coke, yeah. boy. Like, it's just really, like, really demure, really calm. And I handed him, hand him his Diet Coke, and he's, he's like, what do I owe you? And I said, I, don't, I got you. And then at the end of the night, he slips a, a hundred in my pocket and says, thank you for taking care of him all day. And, I mean, it just – and then – you know, they came to, to Atlanta and he asked for me and it was just kind of like, you know, where's where's the striker kid? Where's 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 the kid? You know, and I said, oh, he's not here. So well, you need to get him. He needs to be here. So they call me and say, hey, you know, Roddy's calling for you. So I, I dropped everything I was doing. I was I was out at dinner and I went to center stage and, and got it done. Uh, so, I mean, it was, oh, yeah. it was just one of those things that I really, I really do uh, appreciate, you know, how, what, how, what a kind man he was. And I, and I definitely you know, yeah. do do, you know, miss miss talking to him and the conversations. He loved Shakespeare. Uh, Richard III was, was probably one of yes. his favorites. Uh, so just interesting guy, yeah. very, very intelligent man. I mean, and I think, and I think that that harkens back to being a good heel and being good, a good talker yeah. is that you have to be really well-rounded when it comes to education. Yes. And it's kind of like, like, like with weightlifting, you know, to be a good coach, to be a good athlete, you have to be well-rounded. You need to know conjugate, you need to know Western methods, you need to know German volume training, you need to know periodization, you right. need to know, you know, overload, you need to know a, a linear progression, all these things. So, I mean, I think, I think it all just kind of boils down to, you know, being well-rounded. And, and it sounds like, you know, for, for you and I both, I mean, I feel like we are. Um, but uh, it's interesting. Yeah. We were talking about favorite wrestlers on our first podcast when Justin, uh, Ryan, and I started this back in August. And we all agreed yeah. that Chris Jericho is probably the greatest wrestler of all time. And and, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on, on the uh, on the Lionheart. The Ocean Wizard. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so w- the thing I love about Jericho is, like, <clears throat> I'll be honest, when he first was on the scene, I couldn't stand him. Like, during WCW, I hated him. Um, and anytime he would come on, I'd be like, what is this guy doing here? Like, I didn't get him. I didn't understand him. Um, and then when he switched over to raw, I was kind of like, I was kind of annoyed that they put him in a program with the rock right away. I was like, this guy's a nobody. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, I was not happy about that whole thing. 
And then I started kind of paying attention. I started, I get, I got older is what happened. Like I wasn't a kid anymore. I was like, you know, going into high school, stuff like that. Starting to kind of people watch more and just kind of watching him and then going back and looking at some of his WCW stuff and things like that. And just seeing him be able to adapt pretty much to any situation. Um, and then now, like in the last like 10 years or so, you know, um, his last run with WWE were him and Kevin Owens, who's another favorite of mine. Like, I love Kevin Owens. But watching him and Kevin Owens do their program leading up to WrestleMania, the match was subpar, I'll be honest. But, like, the lead-up, the build-up to it was awesome. Like, the celebration, the best friend celebration and all that stuff was great. Um, and then I really did not start paying attention to New Japan until he went over and started wrestling with those guys. Uh, and, you know, seeing the matches and seeing how he reinvented himself there in New Japan, which I feel like he had to do that. Otherwise, he was not going to be relevant in the business anymore. Like he had to he kind of had to get away from that cruiserweight, you know, mentality more to like the bruiser mentality. And I actually remember listening to a podcast with him on it could have been his. It could have been him guest on somebody else's. But he was talking about how like as he was transitioning from WWE and signed his new Japan deal, he told himself like he goes, I've got to get bigger. So like he, you know, he hit the gym a little bit more. He put on some weight. Like he didn't have that 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 sculpted bodybuilder physique. He had that like big brute physique. And he's not a big dude comparatively speaking to a lot of the others. So to see him transition into that and then have that five star match with Kenny Omega and then come to AEW and you know not only did he have good matches you know with MJF but he had them with John Moxley and all these other guys that had just a variety of styles um yeah i would agree like i feel like he's kind of had like three separate careers that could all be considered hall of fame careers but it was all it's kind of like tom brady like i feel like if you cut him off you know with his first run with wwe it was more of that cruiserweight style then if you put him, you know, in his second run with WWE, it was more of that like antagonistic um, heel. Like the wrestling wasn't really what he was known for, but it was more his mic work and his and his his segments and stuff like that. And then you go on to his like New Japan to AEW, where he had to completely reinvent himself, and he was able to mesh his mic skills that he had there in that second run with his new skill set that he created essentially. Um, for this, you know, the, the New Japan AEW scene and stuff like that. And yeah, I would agree. Like, I, I honestly, like, I love me some Ric Flair. Um, but, yeah. like, Ric Flair didn't have to adapt. Like, Ric Flair literally left companies because he didn't want to change. And Jericho was yeah. willing to not only change, but, like, was also able to push himself, you know, up the card and be a top guy with whatever changes were thrown at him. So, yeah, I would put... I would put like him and Michaels are definitely two guys, but even Michaels, like Michaels really didn't change persona his entire way through. Um, Jericho was able to do it with a bunch of different gimmicks. So I feel like that kind of beats everybody all together. Um, like the, 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 the bubbly thing, like just the stuff that he would do that like was super, like you looked at it and you're like, okay, that's really dumb. But then like, so when he was like a little bit of the bubbly after he won his AEW championship and then he got a bubbly contract, like the company, the, the, the sparkling yes. water company bubbly sent him like crates of the stuff. I'm like, that is genius. Like that is beyond genius and stuff like that. And it's like, nobody, nobody would have thought that far along like he did, you know? So it was just like little stuff like that, that he, you know, he did that just like separates him in my opinion from everybody else. The only other person I could possibly think of that like, there, there's only two other people that I think of that had that kind of forethought were um, uh, Cena with like when he had this program with The Rock and The Rock kept calling him Fruity, Fruity Pebbles or whatever. What does Cena do yeah. is he goes and ends up on the box of Fruity Pebbles. Like he was like, uh, yeah. like for a while, like he had his own, like, it's just like that kind of thing. And then the New Day with the, the Budios cereal, like just oh, yeah. these, and the pancakes, like they made pancakes fucking popular. Like, come on. Like those are the two, like, yeah other instances I can think of wrestlers just taking something that means absolutely nothing to the general population and making it popular. So that coupled with everything else that Jericho did, like, yeah, I would definitely put him towards the top for me. I love it. I love it. And you know, and you know what, what really got my attention with Jericho in the first place was back in WCW when he was working with Dean Malenko and they had that feud and he came out with the, like the thousand and eight mm -hmm. moves. Cause the, the Dean Malenko was the man of a thousand holes and, 
Jericho comes up with a thousand eight, and he's got a list, and it's like it's it's the printer paper off of the old like computer off the old printers with the with the with the um the holes down the sides, and it's all connected, and he's just like move number move number one arm bar, move number two something yeah. something something like whatever, and then move number fifty three arm bar. <laughs> And, yeah. and 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 they went to commercial, and they went to commercial. This is live TV, and they went to yeah. commercial, and then he's still in the ring, like ranking off these things, and he's just pissing yeah. off the crowd. And the, apparently, the crowd was really into it, and they were laughing. Yeah. And so he's while they were off camera, he goes, "Listen, you people are supposed to be booing, but you're too damn stupid because you're from like whatever town they were in." And just as they go back on the air, the crowd is booing him. So he nailed it perfectly with the timing oh, yeah. so yeah. i mean just his comedic timing and his ability to work yes. and reinvent himself and the thing i love about him the thing i love about him most is that this is a guy who's been in the industry for 30 years and he could be he could be resting on his laurels and, and going on old glory and all this other stuff but like you said he reinvents himself and now he is making new stars he's put over people like sammy guevara ricky starks claudio yeah. Uh, action and dready just in the past six weeks he has made five new stars yeah. in six weeks right like people care about yeah. daniel it's, garcia it's, now you know <clears throat> i've always cared about right. daniel garcia it's because awesome. i like technical wrestling but it's just right. it's badass so and yeah here's to here's to jericho here's to roddy piper here's to uh all the, all the wrestlers that, that that just make you feel and i think that's the whole idea of wrestling is making you you feel something um Real quick, have you have you ever listened to his story about he had a feud with Moxley, and I don't know if you remember the 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 plant. Um, there was a it, it was it was I, I can't remember if it was a WrestleMania uh, feud that he had with uh well he was Dean Ambrose at the time but now he's John Moxley. Um, there was a feud where there yeah there was a feud where he was a plant or the, not he was a plant he had a plant or whatever one of them carried this plant around with them or whatever and the feud ended up coming to a head with like breaking the plant um and yes so i remember this jericho i remember this tell, to hear jericho tell how the plant came to be literally they wanted originally like in the script it was supposed to be a fake like imaginary plant and jericho mm. was just like this is stupid so whatever arena they were in I don't know if it was him and Ambrose or just him, but he literally broke into somebody's office and stole a plant for the segment and then brought it out to the ring as like part of the thing. And it was like a, and then, and they ended up like finding a fake plant that was the exact like same thing. And so they could take it on tour with them for the remainder of the feud leading up to WrestleMania. But it's just like that kind of stuff where he just like, I'm like, I appreciate that. Like that's, that's genius. And it's funny to help. Cause like that, that plant just added like a whole other level to that feud. And oh, sure. obviously like when you listen to, you know, Moxley talk now, that was kind of the beginning of the end for him with his run in terms of his mental issues with like WWE and them just not valuing him. But like for him and Jericho to make something out of nothing with a yeah. flipping plant, like it's just, that just like speaks to the, the creativity. And like you were saying, like the comedic timing of Jericho and, and how he could, you know, feel a crowd and read a crowd and, 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 and get them to like buy into whatever he was doing. Yeah. Making, making chicken salad out of chicken shit as Bill DeMott used to say. Right. Third, third question for you, sir. What is your favorite match or moment in your wrestling history? Oh my God. There's a lot that I really enjoy. Um, there was a couple that came to mind. I have one that, like, I have one that tops them all off, but just a couple honorable mentions. Like I said, that ladder match between Scott Hall and uh, Shawn Michaels. It was the first time I had ever seen anything like that to the point where my brothers and I tried replicating that in our backyard and got yelled at for it. Um, we literally grabbed one of my dad's ladders, found a bunch of old, like, mattresses and padding and put it all around there. We had one of the old school like belts. We strapped it over a tree. We put it over a tree branch, and we had ourselves a ladder match. And then the neighbors called my parents, told them what we were doing. We got in trouble. Um, <laughs> and then um, WrestleMania, WrestleMania ten, WrestleMania ten got Tommy in trouble. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. 
Um, another match that I, I, I can, I, I, I literally, I, I'll pull it up every once in a while and watch it because it was just absolutely insane. And I believe it was on a Nitro episode was uh, Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio for the Cruiserweight title. Um, it was like a 20, 30, 20 to 30 minute, like just technical execution of flawless wrestling as far as I'm concerned. That was the first like cruiserweight match I ever cared and paid attention to. Um, and that was a classic. I, I instantly love that one. But like one of my all time favorite matches was one that was one of the very first ones I got to be in. And it was CM Punk and Cena at mo that money in the bank that I talked about. Yeah. Um, uh, I have only felt that kind of electricity in a crowd like one other time. Um, two other times, I lied, two other times. Uh, but like when Punk's music hit, um, I was for sure certain that that building was going to come caving in. Like I have, like, it was so loud in that stadium when, when, when Punk's music hit. And this wasn't even when he had the cult of personality. This is when he had Kill Switch Engage as his, um, as his theme music. And when that, like that first like guitar riff hit, the place went absolutely insane. It was beyond loud. And then he like he he knew it. And like he was another one that had really good timing. And he waited a little bit to come out. And when he did finally come out, like when you thought it couldn't get any louder, it got like 10 times louder in there. And I never thought like I like I said, up until I went to a White Sox playoff game uh, a couple years ago and then a Notre Dame Clemson game this past uh, year, like I had never felt that kind of energy in a crowd and i feel like that kind of tops it because it was an enclosed stadium compared to the other two but it was absolutely electric and that kind of and and, and then and then to make it all better like or to make it worth it the match was awesome as well like they put on an awesome. absolute clinic of a match i believe um I, I believe it was a five-star match it was the first one cena had ever gotten um and i believe it was like either the it was either the first or the second one that punk ever got and I don't think Cena's had a five-star match since. Punk has had one, I believe. But Cena hasn't had a five-star match since. And, like, any time Punk and Cena have gotten in the ring, like, it was always, like, good TV. Like, I remember the WrestleMania build up to uh, whichever one it was where he was going against The Rock for the second time. Um, kind of uh, uh, Punk played, like, the gatekeeper type you know role or whatever and they had a match on monday night raw or smackdown i can't remember that was just an, another absolute like banger of a match but uh the, the 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 money in the bank one uh takes the cake because i was like i said i had a friend last minute was like hey i got tickets to this do you want to go i was like yeah sure um hadn't been paying too much attention to the storyline the the promo leading up to it like the do you have your attention now promo like that was just the, the, the or the vignette leading up to it is still one of my favorites i watch it maybe you know, once every other month or something like that, just because I love it so much. And then that match sure. and the, the whole, the, the energy in the crowd the entire time, because the crowd was engaged from like start to finish. And just to top it all off, when he wins, blows the kiss at Vince McMahon. And then later that night on Twitter, posts a picture of the WWE Spinner Championship sitting into his, in his fridge, you know, next to a bunch of pizza and, and soda and stuff like that. Like it was just the whole thing, start to finish, was just masterful. Oh, yeah. And, and and I really I really do love the uh, when whenever you get a wrestler that comes out for that elusive double pop, it's the best because yes. it rarely happens. Yes. But the music hits, pop, and then you wait a second, and then they just kind of slowly creep out, and people just go. So I mean, it's it's it's, yeah. it's so cool uh, whenever whenever somebody gets that. It's rare. I mean, it's super rare because most of those guys they come out. Guns blare and they, they jump out of the curtain and all this other stuff. They're just ready to go because they're so amped up. But uh, no, it's 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 cool. It really is cool. Well, um, did you uh, did you have a chance to watch any wrestling this week? I've watched a little bit. Um, I was I, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like the the Sami Zayn thing has drawn me back in. Um, I really hadn't been yeah. watching a ton. Hearing, hearing you guys talking about it, you know, either on the podcast or talking about it, you know, in the group chat, like I started pulling up clips and watching it and stuff like that. Like Sam, Sami Zayn is another wrestler. So like, I, if I were to like have a brand loyalty, NXT is my jam or was my jam. I think we talked about this in the group chat. Oh, like yeah. Oh, yeah. the first run of black and gold, the first run of black and gold NXT 
is probably to the end of whatever is going to be my one of my favorite wrestling promotion runs. And I feel like it kind I'm of capped sure. it all off when they were included in the Survivor Series. They showed up to, I can't remember if it was SmackDown or Raw, with Triple H and all of NXT doing the DX tank where they just rolled into the stadium. And then the matches that they put on that Survivor yeah. Series with, you know, Roderick Strong, like Roderick Strong beating the Intercontinental and the United States champion at the time. Like that was a phenomenal match and it's a beyond underrated match. Um, the Huge. Survivor Series match in and of itself, I, I feel like the the, the 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 Survivor Series match that they had between the three brands, I feel like there was so much more that could have come from that match that they didn't do. Like it was just NXT was just beyond like what I wanted when it came to uh, um, uh, uh, wrestling promotion. I didn't get to watch a lot of ECW as a kid. But uh, the, the, the the small feel of that NXT arena and stuff like that, that's what it got compared to. So it's just one of those like, and so yeah. now that like uh, Trips is kind of doing the the calling of shots and stuff like that um, with the with the main roster, you can see a lot of like similarities between that run of NXT and now Sami Zayn was a big part of that first run of NXT. And I love what he's doing right now with the whole bloodline thing. Like yeah. to hear the crowd chanting, this is cinema. Like at the end of the, like I'm, I have the Royal Rumble on. I was watching it earlier and stuff like that because I haven't had a chance to watch the full pay per view yet. Um, but like I, I just like I'm invested. Like I'm gonna probably watch WrestleMania because I want to see this whole like I want to see what they do with Sami Zayn and 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 the and the Bloodline thing and stuff like that. Cody coming back. Like I'll be honest with you, I thought Cody was gonna be a dud when he came back just because of how not well received he was towards the end of AEW, but somehow like the WWE crowd is just embracing him. Like his promos are good. Um like the, the latest the latest one that he did on Raw has been awesome. Like I just I like I feel like he's been humbled a little bit. So I'm curious to see how that goes. I thought his match with Seth Rollins uh at Mania was awesome. Um and it's just one of those deals like, yeah, like I'm really interested to see where WWE goes. I've actually started paying attention to AEW as well. Um, honestly, I turn it on yes, to it watch MJF segments. Uh, um, <clears throat> like the, the, like, it's funny because I think he posted it before I got a chance to, but I was watching the MJF segment in Seattle where he literally was trolling the Seattle fans with them losing the Super Bowl to the Patriots because he was like, yeah, you're accustomed to like bonehead decisions just like this. And it was the whole, passing on like third down or whatever when they're like two yards out from the end zone just trolling the the, the seattle fan base like i just like I, I literally will turn on aew now just to see if there's an mjf or a jericho segment that's really all i pay attention to but like i've even started like just paying more attention to those kinds of things like, it, like that kind of good storytelling is what draws me in and so yeah i've been i've been getting back into it and watching it a little bit more here and there and stuff like that and it's it, it's it's I, I like what i'm seeing like it's a good time to be a wrestling fan um <clears throat> i like how AEW is tying some honor stuff in i really thought it was going to be just like a cheap um like i thought it was going to be like when uh, wwe acquired ecw and they tried that whole like rebranding of ecw that's really what i thought ring of honor was going to be um yeah, it doesn't appear that way. Like, I feel like they're still keeping separate identities with the different, you know, brands and the wrestlers and stuff like that. I don't like the plethora of titles as a result in AEW, but I understand that AEW kind of operates how everybody else does, where like you're able to carry other promotions' titles. Like, you have a, a, an, a an agreement with those promotions. Like on, um, like for Kenny Omega mm -hmm. Wilder, he had like four or five titles. Like he had the AAA title. He had the um, the TNA title. He had the, the AEW title and stuff like that. And those are three completely different promotions that he had agreements with that he could carry their titles on their different brands. I wish no, I love WWE it. would do I love, that. I love what I'm trying, what I'm trying to get at. And, 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 and you know, I, I would completely agree with that. I feel like Tony Khan has done something very special with AEW to where he's opened yes. the forbidden door and all this other stuff. And, you know, yes. I think that WWE has left so much money on the table because Vince yes. wants to be the only one standing. He wants it to be him and nobody else. And I think that's a big reason that he came back 
is because he was so damn pissed off that, 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 that Hunter was doing such a better job than he was. Because people are reinvesting oh, into yeah. WWE now because yes. it's, it's, it's better. It's better. I mean, I mean, yeah. Paul Levesque, Triple H is just he's he's light years ahead of where we were six months ago, and yeah. WrestleMania was good, but you know, Hell in the Cell was good, and Survivor Series and SummerSlam. I mean, all I mean, everything has been very well produced. The stories make sense. Going back to this thing with Sami Zayn and the Bloodline, you, you you're you know, it's 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 incredible how much. Sami Zayn went from just being this annoying Fidel Castro conspiracy theory, give me the intercontinental title character a year and a half ago to starting to, to join the bloodline. And now you've got this dip where he's on the up and everybody else is on the down. And it's like, now you've got the biggest baby face in the company in Sami Zayn. It's not Cody Rhodes, not Seth, it's not KO, it's Sami Zayn. And, 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 you know, I don't think anybody ever saw Sammy being the biggest star in the company, but here we are. He's become Daniel Bryan of this era, and if they don't do something with him and giving him a title run, even a short little two-week title run, and then Roman just goes and buries him, you know, two weeks before WrestleMania, give this guy something because we know Cody's going to win the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. I mean, they've been building this for a long time. And but 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 you've got lightning in a bottle and if you if you just throw it away and give Sammy and KO the tag titles instead of giving Sammy a proper run with the belt, it just seems so short-sighted. Because then if you let even if you let Sammy have the title for a week, you could go on SmackDown and have a rematch, and then Roman wins the title back on SmackDown, and then you increase viewership for Fox because you've got this ratings boost with, oh, my God, a, a championship, is, is, a title is, is being run on, 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 on free television. Like, why would right. you not want to do that? So, I mean, I guess, I guess there's just some kind of things that you've just got to deal with. Um, so based on that, so my, my, my question is this, cause I don't, I guess, so this is where my lack of not paying as much attention before comes into play. The way Cody's promos have been going, it seems like they're still going to keep the two titles together. I don't personally like that. I feel like they need to split the like titles it. up. That's just my personal feelings. And so my whole thought process, story writing wise, is if they're not going to separate the titles, like I personally think it would be poetic justice because I feel like they've been teasing for a while now, like that, like an authority type persona steps in and sticks it to Roman would love to see Roman have to defend each title on each night of WrestleMania. Don't know if that's yes. going to actually happen. Um, I, I don't know if that's going to actually happen. Because it just the 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 gist I get is that Cody's going to win both titles, um, so I feel like the only other like secondary like consolation prize is to then let um, KO and Sammy run with the tag titles. K or uh, Sammy eventually having his Cinderella whatever winning the title and having that be like a schism between him and KO. Because I feel like him and KO could run a phenomenal main event program for one of the titles. Um, but like, again, oh, it, would, it would require them to, it would require them to separate the titles. And I don't, that, that's the only thing I don't like about WWE is when they created the two different brands and then they unified the tag titles and the, and the, the main title. It was just like, okay, you're going to, you're going to put all the, 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 you know, essentially those four titles on, two groups and one group in particular, but two like entities, mm -hmm. but the intercontinental and the United States, you know, title are still going to be able to just run freely on each brand. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. So I, I feel like if they're, if they're going to, that's the only knock I have on what Hunter's doing right now. I get what he's trying to do, but I feel like for continuity's sake, after this WrestleMania, they need to split the titles back up. Have because because I mean you're gonna have Survivor Series coming up again, and you you can't sure. you can't have a Survivor Series if 
like two of your main titles are both held by you know the same individual um that was, and that was right. the one thing i always loved about survivor series was like honestly we know it's scripted we know you know like even when it was drew and roman like we knew that like one of them was like somebody was going to lose and it was going to be a clean finish and all that but there was still the two different entities i just i feel like they're gonna they're gonna bite themselves in in the butt here at some point keeping all those titles on the bloodline so i would love to see them get all separated out um in an ideal world like i said i would love to see roman have to defend each title on each night of WrestleMania and him lose both of them. And then he kind of gets to go away for a little bit and then he can come back, you know, come back, whether you want to bring him back as a healer or face, like I don't really give a crap. Um, I think he's been doing phenomenal work with Paul Heyman. So keep him healed, to be honest. But um, yeah, I just, I feel like they need to separate the titles. I, I, they need to separate the titles in order to continue with the streak that they're on i just don't it just doesn't sound like they're going to do that with the main title because because cody called it the universal undisputed championship like he did it multiple times in his promo and that was kind of a bummer because i was like right. oh, man it means they're going to keep these dang things together for a little bit longer so we'll see but i'm i'm with you like i feel like Sami Zayn. i, I was 100 percent on the just give them the tag titles i want to see a ko sammy run because i feel like they could be edge and christian type you know, in terms of just not only like good matches, but also the, the 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 comic you know relief that they provided and stuff like that. I feel like the two of them just have phenomenal sure. chemistry. But after watching some of the most recent like clips and you know matches and stuff like that, I'm 100% with you. I feel like Sammy has kind of surpassed that, and he does need he he needs a title run of some sort. Just give him some like just like they did with Kofi. Just give him a chance and just see what happens. Like Kofi had some good you know matches after, i mean granted it was a short run and it was a burial by brock and all that but like you don't you don't remember the fact that it was a short run like you remember the build-up to wrestlemania and how awesome it was you remember his feud with randy orton and then obviously like him losing the title to brock but like if you ask anybody like how long was that run like nobody's gonna remember i mean for crying out loud jinder mahal had a longer run than kofi kingston and i feel like oh i know uh well, I feel like well-rounded wise, Sami Zayn is way better than both of those. So give them the title, give them a run. I guarantee you they're not going to regret it if they do. Right. And I mean, I, I, like I said, I mean, I don't care if it's a week or a month. I mean, you know, just give him, just give him a little bit of a chance to yeah. do something. I mean, you could have, there's so many, there's so many we can go. I mean, KO comes in and gives, uh, gives um, Roman the stunner and then, Sammy either Haluva yeah. kicks him or he just throws him on top of him and it's over. I mean, you, there's so many things you can do, but I mean, yes. I, I don't know. I don't know. We've got we've got the elimination chamber in two weeks in Montreal in in Quebec, Canada, which is kind of where those guys are from. Um, you know, Sammy, uh, Sammy and Ko are both French Canadian, um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do on home turf for Sammy and KO. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm very invested. And I told, and I told the guys yeah. the other day, I said, you know, the Bray Wyatt, the Bray Wyatt story is a lot of fun because we don't know what's happening, but this story is the best story in wrestling right now because of all the yes. layers and how, yes, how, how many people are involved. It's, it's a small group of people and, but it, yes. it all makes sense, and it, it stands alone, head and shoulders, as the story in wrestling. I mean, it's been the main event of, of Survivor Series. It's been the main event of uh, SummerSlam. I mean, it's, it's been the story. For, for two, two and a half years, this has been the story, and it, it just keeps getting yeah. better, and it's, it's amazing it's amazing how you can, how you can keep an audience, and it goes back to what you said about the male soap opera. And actually, Leo said the same thing a couple of weeks back. You know, with soap operas, they can keep you hooked on a story for twenty years, and you always want to watch. Yeah, and I think that's what WWE is is doing better than anybody else right now. Is they're keeping it fresh, but they're keeping you just hooked. I mean, I, I look forward to watching yeah. SmackDown. When I was younger, you know, I was like, I don't really care to watch SmackDown. It's Friday night. I'm trying to go out and have a good right. time. And I didn't watch SmackDown for years. Right. But now it's like, oh, it's going at 8 o'clock. It's over at 10. I can, I can, you know, I can go do something else after SmackDown's over. Yeah. 
And right. so, I mean, it's, it's the, the more compelling the story, the more you want to watch. And right now, this is the most compelling thing in wrestling, and I cannot wait to see what they do with it further. Yeah. And that's and, and that's where I feel like because I get asked a couple times from like people who are newer to wrestling, they're like, "Well, what's the big difference between AEW and WWE?" I was like, "Right now, in its current form, AEW has better overall matches. Like, I just yes. I, I like I like their matches. Their storylines, though, leave a lot to be desired, and that is the one thing that I will harp on Tony Khan until he fixes it." He needs to bring somebody in with a little more wrestling acumen to handle the booking and the stories, like the, the storytelling. Right. He needs a Paul Heyman type person to come in and direct that. Um, but like talent wise, AEW has just as much, if not on, in some areas, better talent than WWE. Um, and their matches show that night in and Night in and night out, they're putting on bangers and matches. Now, start to finish, the episodes make absolutely no sense to me. But the the matches in between keep me coming back. But then you go to WWE, and like I said, like WWE has that name recognition. So they have the name recognition not only with their brand, but with their 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 wrestlers. But the storytelling since Hunter has taken over is head and heels above anything. Like it honestly goes back to for me that attitude era in terms of the story yes. kind of this the kind of long drawn out storytelling because that was my big issue with wwe for a while there like when um when cena would have the title i feel like they just forced feud after feud after feud after feud and like when you look at roman's run with the title right now he doesn't have a ton of defenses when you look at like individuals but the way they've been able to play out the defenses, like the one with Cena, I thought was great. Like, I understand yeah. it was because Cena was pushing, he was pushing Peacemaker. Like, I get that. But the run and the feud were still awesome. None of the Brock feuds. Like, you know, you, you get two wrestlers that, like, they you can tell that they always kind of force together and it's their fail safe and stuff like that. Brock was that for a while. But, like, Cowboy Brock was awesome and or is awesome he's still there uh but cowboy brock is is awesome and each feud had a different feel to it it wasn't the same thing over and over again so like i just like the storytelling that roman has been able to do like i couldn't stand roman reigns like honestly when it came to the three members of the shield i thought he was the least significant of the three always have thought yeah. that like i always felt like ambrose and rollins were just more of an appeal to me personally i still think rollins is the best member of the shield hands down like but roman has definitely grown on me has grown on me with this new heel persona and like um cena shattering him the first time uh, uh cena had to put him over cena shattering him on the promo where he was like it's a promo son if you want to play with the big boys, you're going to have to figure out how to do this sooner or later. Like, I feel like that was like the point where yeah. Roman kind of went to that next level. And he, I, I, like I said, I, I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm a, like that I love Roman, but like, I'm a fan of his work since that point. Um, He has put on some Absolutely. good matches and stuff like that. Uh, but and it's just, and so yeah, that's my big difference between the two is like uh, AEW has better matches on, on any given night. I can grab, you know, five matches from each program and AEW probably nine times out of 10 is going to win, you know, the head to head with those five matches over WWE, but the overall storytelling that WWE has been able to do for the last like two, two and a half years has been absolutely awesome. The only thing I'm waiting for, I want, I want Braun Breaker uh, in the main roster. He is probably the yeah. only person in oh, that's probably like, as soon as he came out, I loved him. Like I, I shouldn't say love. Like I love him. Um, I love the fact that he's coming out with like the old school stuff. Like I was like so. My favorite tag team growing up was the Steiner Brothers, and so I loved the oh, fact yeah. that he was coming love out that. and the, his, his his dad and his uncles like the the, the 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 highlighter neon singlets. I love that he's got Scott's uh, 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 mic abilities. And Rick's technical abilities. Like Rick was dog shit on the microphone. I could not stand. Anytime Rick cut a promo, I was like, Jesus, yeah. give the mic to Scott, please. Um, but I love that Braun. But he was the best. He was the best worker of the two. 
Yes, yeah, hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like Braun is the best combination of the Steiner brothers you could possibly ask for, and I would love to see him in a program with like KO. I would love to see him in a program with Gunther. I would love to see him in a program with like Sheamus or Pete Dunn. Like, I I just I feel like those would be bangers of programs if they pull the trigger and put it together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I definitely, I definitely am looking forward to uh, seeing what Braun does on the main roster. I know he's coming. Uh, and, and that's, and honestly, that's a great segue and that's a great place for us to kind of like close off uh, tonight's show. Uh, we have uh, NXT's Vengeance Day. Vengeance Day is 